Welcome to the Brave Church Podcast. We're so glad you decided to join us. Wherever you're listening from, we hope you're encouraged and inspired by today's message. You ready for the word? Come on, I am pumped to preach tonight. If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to Proverbs chapter 3. I'm going to read from verse 5 and 6, one of my favorite scriptures in the Word of God. If you don't have your Bibles, you can uh, watch on screen or you can try and decipher my Aussie accent. And uh, make sense of the words that are coming out of my mouth. Good luck to you. But uh, (laughs) here's what it says. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5 and 6. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to Him and He will make your paths straight. Oh, what a verse. Mate, this is one of those verses that's like, it's good, you know, on a screensaver, but it's fun when you try and live it out. You know what I'm saying? It gets real when you start to lean not on your own understanding, but trust God, submit yourself to God. And I'm excited to preach a word this morning. Sorry, this evening. I'm in a different time zone, excuse me. All good. I'm excited to preach a word this evening that I have titled, Two Trees and a taxi driver. And I'm going to pray, ask God to bless the word and to open up hearts to receive the word. I'd love you to join me right now. Let's close our eyes. God, we just honor you. We thank you for the power of the word to transform lives. Lord, we thank you that it is not through the eloquence of man, but it is through the power of the word of God that we are set free. So I pray tonight, God, that you would open up our eyes and give us revelation. God, we don't want information tonight. We want revelation. We want to see you in the scriptures. We want to discover who you are, God. And we want to see that change our lives from the inside out. So I just pray right now you'd move in hearts. We give you free reign in this place. Do what you want to do in our lives in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Now, have you ever been duped, like tricked? Um, You know, I remember the first time uh, Milani and I went to India we knew that there was going to be people out there to try and like get our money, tr- people that were going to try and like do the shifty on us. And so we were read up. We knew what to do. We knew not to you know, ask for help from different places and whatnot. I remember we landed in India. First thing we do, we get our bags. And as we're walking out, someone comes over and they're like, oh, I'll take your bags. Grab my bags, start walking. And I'm like, oh, sorry, we don't need help with the bags. Can I have my bags back? Thank you very much. All good. Off you go. And I'm like, yes, so far, Tim, one, India, none. We're good. And... I'm just like, this is crazy, right? So they, they leave, and then I was on the phone earlier to my, uh, my hotel manager, and he's like, Tim, whatever you do, when you get to India, my driver will be there. Don't get in the car with anyone else. I said, sure thing. How will I know what your driver looks like? And he says, he'll be wearing this like, long white robe. He'll have a moustache. You know, you'll know him. And I'm like, sweet, sounds good. Until I got to India, and that's like 90% of the male population. And I'm just like, wow, right? So anyway, we walk around this corner, and I hear someone go, Tim, Tim. And I'm like, perfect. There's our driver. Milani and I, in our bags, we walk over to this guy. I go, excuse me, do you like come from this hotel? He goes, yes, absolutely. And I said, oh, do you know Emil? He says, yes, I know Emil. Absolutely. Come with me. Put our bags in the car. Off we go. About 10 minutes into this trip, you know, when we should be getting to our hotel, I start to realize that we're still not quite in the vicinity of the city. And I'm starting to be like a bit suspicious. And I'm like, where are we going? Like, are we going to the hotel? He says, well, there's a festival. Streets are shut can't go to about midday but between now and then I'm going to take you to my brother's tourist shop <laughs> I'm like okay I suppose I mean if the streets are shot this should be all right we get there and he, he takes us in drops us off to his brother and he leaves 
So now we're in this tourist shop in the middle of nowhere, speaking to this guy who's trying to sell us like tour guides and tour packages and hire cars. And we're just like, wait, what is going on? He goes, what do you want? I said, you know what I'd really love? Some Wi-Fi, right? He's like, sure thing, here's the password, punch it in. As soon as I get Wi-Fi, bing, 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 bing. Man, I am getting message after message from Emil. And Emil is like, Tim, where are you? Tim, my driver can't find you. Tim, where are you? Tim, are are you lost? Tim, I'm getting worried. Tim, what's happened? And I'm like, okay, (laughs) how did I end up here? So I say, excuse me, I'm just gonna make a quick phone call. I call Emil and I go, bro, I'm with your driver. And he goes, no, you're not. My driver's still waiting at the airport for you. And I said, well, you know, he yelled out my name and he goes, did anyone come up and try and help you with your bags? I was like, yeah, one guy did, but I didn't let him. And he goes, well, he would have seen your name on the bag, told his mate, and then his mate yelled out your name. And I'm like, whoa, like, I'm not even mad. Like, that's amazing. I'm like, that is, that is impressive. And then I go, nobody knows you. And he goes, really? Who said my name first, him or you? And I think back and I'm like, are you from this hotel? He said, yes. Do you know Emil? He said, yes. I'm like, web of lies. I told him his name. He said, and I'm like, what do I do? And he goes, put me on the phone. I put Emil on the phone to this guy. I don't know what he says, but the guy goes, Ash White, and instantly starts apologizing, puts us on a taxi, and we get to our hotel. How good is that, right? But I'm telling you, in the middle of that whole situation, I had no idea what was going on because... The nature of deception is that you don't recognize it when you're in it. If you know that it's deception, it's no longer deception. Only in hindsight do you realize that there is an issue. Now, the greatest deception in history occurs with Adam and Eve in the garden. You see, God creates a garden and he places man in it. And in that garden, there are two trees in the center. Those two trees are the tree of knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life. Those two trees are right there. Man is in this garden and God says, you can eat from any tree you want, except for the one tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now it's important to note there's two trees in the center of the garden, yet only one of those is forbidden. That means the tree of life was not off limits. God was happy for Adam and Eve to take from the tree of life, to eat from the tree of life, to live with him forever. Do you know, this garden is a picture of God's intention for your life and for my life. And it is so important that we have a proper understanding of God's heart towards mankind, God's heart towards people, because once we understand his heart towards us, we can receive him as he is to be received. Now, God, in his kindness and his goodness and his love, created an environment where Adam and Eve and humanity could have perfect peace, perfect joy. They walked in relationship with God. I'm telling you, they literally in the cool of the afternoon would walk with God. There was no animosity between them. There was no bitterness. There was no sense of betrayal. There was no fear. They were living life as God intended us to live it, free. So free. It's a beautiful picture of God's original intention for people, that they will be eternally with Him and in communion the entire time, that we will be with God forever and in perfect communion with Him. So what happens, right, is the the devil disguises the snake, comes and says, hey, Eve, how's it going? (laughs) You know what, that tree that God said you shouldn't eat from, do you know, that tree, it's good. And Eve starts to lean into this deception. And Satan starts to deceive her and starts to tell her that, hey, if you eat from this tree, you won't die. You will actually, you will actually be like God. And you will know good from evil. And it says that Eve, seeing that the fruit was pleasing to the eye and desirable for gaining wisdom, took from the tree and ate it. 
She gave it to her husband, who was there. Ladies and gentlemen, he was there the whole time, right? And he ate it. And then the two of them, their eyes were opened, like the snake had said. And they did see good and evil. But what they recognised was the goodness of God and his word. And the evil that they had just committed in their disobedience. So all of a sudden, for the first time in the human story, guilt and shame enter our lives. And they are so ashamed and so guilty that they hide themselves from God. Now God comes and he starts looking for him. I mean, he's a bad person to play hide and seek with. He will find you every time. And he comes around and he's like, where are you? Where are you? Like, you know, like a father with his kid. And they're like, you know, they were hiding. And he says, why are you hiding? They said, we were naked and we felt ashamed. He says, who told you you were naked? And Eve says, the serpent deceived me. Hebrew word nasa, which means a misleading falsehood. This serpent, he misled me. I didn't realize what I was doing, but I was misled. I went somewhere I didn't want to go, but now I'm full of guilt and I'm full of shame. And God in his grace and in his love actually doesn't want us to live perpetually in that state. You know, I love this scripture, 2 Samuel 14 verse 14, and it says this. It says that like water spilled on the ground, so too our lives are poured out never to be recovered again. But that is not what God desires. Instead, he desires ways in which the banished person may no longer be banished from him. This is the heart and the desire of God. So God, and live perpetually, and we cannot have them in the garden anymore, lest they reach out and take from the tree of life and live perpetually in this state of guilt and shame. He says no. So he blocks the doorway and he puts an angel in there and he says you can no longer reach this place. You can no longer go out there. Do you know, God's heart for us is everlasting life and communion with him. You know what's important to know? I want to just draw your attention to something here. When God says don't eat from this tree... He says, if you eat from this tree, it will certainly lead to death. Now, sometimes we think God is all about trying to control us. He's trying to make sure we do what he wants us to do. But again, we must know the heart of God for us to fully interpret and understand who he is and what he wants to do in our life. God did not say, if you eat from that tree, I will kill you. If you disobey me, I will kill you. He says, if you eat from that tree, you will certainly die. We can see God's heart in this is not one of control. It's actually one of concern. He's not trying to control them. He's actually trying to protect them. And he's saying, please, don't go near this tree because if you go near this tree, you will certainly die. God's heart for you is not one of condemnation. It's not against you. It is for you. God loves you and he wants you to know that his love is pure. And I'm tell- I don't know who you are or how you got in this room. And maybe for you, this is the first time you've been in a church or the first time in a long time you've been in a church. And I want you to know, God is not against you. He is for you. He loves you. He doesn't want to control you. He wants to protect you. And he wants to help you to discover life as it was always intended to live. So why, why, did, why did this happen? Why- you know, one of the questions I ask, I go, God, if you care so much about us, you know, being safe and protected, why, why didn't you just take the tree out? You ever, ever thought like, simple fix <laughs> like like i'm like god i mean like what's so complicated remove the tree all is well well a good way to put it is like this my wife and i've been married seven years Ugh, excuse me we've been married seven years and uh it's beautiful we love we love each other we love our child but imagine if i was to say to you man seven years ago when i forced my wife to marry me it was a good time tell you she didn't want to do it she came to the altar kicking and screaming but I had a few of my heavies, bring her up, we signed the papers, forced her hand, there you go, we're married. All I have to do now, 
Five or six locks on the front door, married life. Love it, right? You would be like, whoa, 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 bro. You are not fit for marriage. You're a psycho, right? And that's because a relationship, for a relationship to exist, there needs to be a choice. It needs to be voluntary. It needs to be a choice that we enter into. And I'll tell you what, the substance of a relationship is two people choosing to be in it. Now, God desires relationship with you. Like, I mean, he created you so that he could be in relationship with you. He loves you that much. And he actually wants us to choose him. And so he gives us this choice. So we find ourselves at this point where we're like, well, God, if you've given them that choice and they made this choice to be be, um, disconnected from you, I want to ask the next question. Like, God, we're talking about some stuff from history, right? We're going way back to like the beginning of people. God, what, what does it have to do with me today? What does this have to do with me at the 6 p.m. service of the incredible, incredible, brave church, right? Well, here's the deal, right? Like Adam and Eve, you and I are children of God. And like Adam and Eve, the enemy wants to destroy our lives to spite God. Now, the enemy can't get to God because he cannot be deceived. He cannot be mocked. So the enemy, to get to God, goes after the thing that God cares about most, his children. So he goes after you and I, and he uses the same tricks he used in the beginning, deception. And he says to us, hey, you know what? You don't need God. You can be like God. We've got to realize this. This is the sin of Satan. This is the thing that caused Satan himself to fall. He wanted to be God. Now, you look around the world today, there are a lot of people who have established themselves as God. They are the center of their universe. Everything revolves around them. I tell you what, we are, we've got problems in this world right now, and these problems are caused because you've got billions of people who think that they're the center of the universe. Every single person expecting the world to revolve around them and, and frustrated and disappointed when it doesn't revolve around them. We position ourselves as God and we think that if we can just get enough understanding of good and evil, then we will be able to make good decisions. Now, this is how the world runs, right? You look at governments, you look at nations, you look at industry. We have got the brightest, we have got the smartest, we have got the most educated and switched on people in the world gathered together. And we think that collectively, if we can get more knowledge, surely we can resolve our problems. Surely we can govern our our world. Surely we can resolve the issues. But the problem is, unlike God, you and I and all people are subject to deception. We can be deceived. And if you look around the world today, even though the brightest and the smartest, the most switched on, the most educated are in rooms talking, who knows it's not working? Who knows that our nations and our world is hurting more than ever? And you would think in this day and age, with more information at our fingertips, we would be able to make better decisions that would advance humanity and would be able to bring us all together. Yet it is not happening. Why? Because unlike God, we can be deceived. Problem is, we're lousy at being God. We're lousy at being God. You know, this whole idea of like drawing information to make us better equipped for life, if we're better educated, we'll do, we'll do more, we'll see more is this like obsession of this generation. Do you know, in our hand, in our phone, we have access to more information than anyone has ever had access to in the history of mankind. I'm telling you, like 24-7, like, like you can update your news app and get breaking news from the other side of the world as it happens. They don't even, 
in my news app, sometimes I don't even have a photo yet. It just says breaking news and it starts talking about what's happening. Like we're talking within minutes, I can know what's happening on the other side of the world. I have access to more information than I could ever even imagine. Do you know iPhone bought out an update recently and it put the news on everyone's phone and it pushed notifications to them. So what happens is we find ourselves in the morning, first thing we do, we get out of bed, open up your phone and you are bombarded with information. You're bombarded with knowledge. You're bombarded with people trying to make sense of the world and what is good and what is evil and you start to take it in. And before you even wipe the sleep out of your eyes, you are literally filling your mind and your heart with the issues of the world, with knowledge. Do you know what we're doing when this happens? We're eating from the tree of knowledge. It's eating from it. Reaching out, thinking that if I can know more, I'll be better equipped. Thinking that if I'm up to date with what's going on, I'll be able to make better decisions. Thinking that if I can have a better perception of what's going on, then I will better succeed as God. But the problem is, as long as we're eating from this, we're being deceived. And you know, I I realized this when I, I, (laughs) I sort of realized I had a gluttony problem. You might not think it as you look at my body, right? But I realized one day I have a gluttony problem. I can't stop eating information. I can't stop just consuming it. I'm just like obsessed with it. And I remember just like one time I went to pick up my wife. She finished uh, work and I had about 10 minutes till she clocked off. And I went into Westfield Car Park, underground, no reception. My radio went weird, so I turned it off. Park, and I sit there and I go, oh. I'll check a few emails. Oh, no reception. Put that down. <sighs> See what's going on the radio. Turn it on. Oh, no, turn it off. And then I'm like, oh, check Instagram. Oh, no, can't do that. Um, and I, I kid you not, in 10 minutes, I instinctively check my phone about five times. And I'm starting to feel like this disconnection. Like, you know what I mean? I'm like, I'm getting the shakes. I'm like starting to feel like this disconnection, like anxiety sort of creep on me. I'm like, stuff's happening around the world. And I'm not aware of it. <laughs> what am I going to do, right? I'm 10 minutes out of touch. And honestly, I realized, whoa, this thing has a control over my life. I have an insatiable desire for knowledge. I can never get enough. I can never get enough. I start trying to eat it, consume it. And God started to speak to me. He says, Tim, the issue with this is that you are a lousy God and you think that once you have more information, you can make better decisions. But at the end of the day, you are susceptible to deception. He goes, I have made a way for you in Jesus to actually be restored to life as I intended it to be. You see, Revelations chapter 2, verse 7 says, Jesus speaking, it says this, For those who are victorious, which is you and I in Christ, you and I who are made righteous by his work, for those who are victorious, I have given them the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. Do you know what Jesus did? He actually came and he undid the sin and the failure of Adam and he restored all of us back to humanity the way that God wanted it to be. He is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And when he died on a cross, your sins died with him as well. And any who believe in Him, all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And all who believe in Him have the right to be called sons and daughters of God. Do you know through Jesus Christ, we have been restored back to the tree of life? As a Christian, you are set apart and different from everyone else in this world because unlike them, you have another tree to eat from. While the world is eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you have the opportunity to eat from the tree of life. The question is, If we have the opportunity to eat from this tree, if that is available to us, if God himself is saying, I will give you life, 
I will speak into your situation. I will lead you. You know, the sheep know the shepherd's voice and they obey him. He says, I've got words of knowledge for you. I've got a direction for you. I've got answers for you if you would just reach out and eat. And God started to challenge me and he says, Tim, you've got to change some things in your life. You can't be waking up, checking social media first thing. I'm telling you, if you're in the room and you're feeling convicted right now, good. <laughs> right? You know what I'm saying? You wake up and you check, check Facebook, check Instagram. Next thing, your mind's filled with knowledge. Check the news. God said to me, he goes, Tim, no word, no Instagram. That's it. For me and God, that's how it works. You know what? If I sleep in, miss my alarm, whatever, I've got to be somewhere and I haven't had time in the word, guess what? I'm fasting Instagram all day. <laughs> Until I get my word time. Because God started to say to me, he goes, Tim, you actually need to hear my voice. It is not good enough. It is not good enough for you to just have a knowledge and an understanding of right and wrong. You actually need to hear God's voice and obey it. I'll share this story because I've just got a few minutes, right? But there's this guy called Rick Joyner and he wrote this book and he was talking in it about pre-World War II Germany. And he talks about the, the... the minimal number of Christian Germans who uh, opposed Hitler's rise. In the eyes of the Christians of the day, he was sent from God. People publicly made declarations to support him. The reason is because as he rose to power, he also cleared... When, unemployment went from 50% to, to 0%. Every single person got put to work. They started to clean up the streets of perversion and pornography and all the issues that went on. And Germany became a place that had national pride. And they found themselves established as a, as a power nation. People loved him because of what he did in the country. Do you know, Winston Churchill said, he said this, he said, if, if Hitler had died in 1939, he would have been considered the greatest leader in history. But do you know there's a scripture in 2 Corinthians that says, that Satan masquerades himself as an angel of light. And in hindsight, we can see who he really was. person was a blessing. But this entire world was fooled and deceived, thinking that this person was a blessing, while really what came afterwards was horrific. And this is what this guy sort of brings it all back to. He says, it's not enough to know good from evil. Because if you had judged that situation in history in that moment, you would have said, this is good. This is great. This is, a, this is a brilliant situation. But it wasn't because we were deceived. God says you actually have to know God's voice and listen to it. Do you know there's people in this room and you have made your own voice and your own decision making God. And you have just decided that whatever you think is right is right. But God wants you to know, check this out. He wants you to know that there in Proverbs 14 verse 12 it says this. That there is a way that appears to be right but in the end it leads to death. In the end, it leads to death. Do you know, if you have not heard God disagree with you lately, I'd ask you the question, maybe you're not hearing from God. Do you know, I think about one time in my life when I was so sure that this girl in year 12 was a girl that I wanted to go out with. And God said no. And I said yes. And God said no. And I said, God, what is wrong with you? Like, this is a yes, right? He said no. And the truth is, if I went out with that girl, I'm telling you, I would have walked away from church. Don't know if I would have lost my faith, possibly. But I would have made decisions that would have taken me far away from the call of God. But God said no, even when I wanted to be yes. Here we are all these years later, I come, come across Milani. And I meet a girl that is far too good for me. A girl that God has blessed me with. And over the years of our marriage has just continued to increase us. You know, another time I remember all my friends were leaving. 
our church. They were, they were leaving. And uh, I remember just wanting to leave. And God, I went to God and I said, God, what do I do? And he says, stay, this is your home. And I just remember thinking, but God, everyone's going. Like, surely it's time for me. God said, this is your home. And I remember going against my better judgment, chose to trust in God. Trust in the Lord your God and lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways and he will direct your paths. You know, I look now, my church is a church I got saved in. My church is a church that I've become a disciple of Jesus in. My church is the church that I've discovered my gifts and talents in. My church is a church that I am so honoured and grateful today to be a part of. And it's all because I didn't listen to what I wanted, but I chose to listen to what God wanted. And I said yes to the voice of God, even though it was contrary to what my own voice said. And I'm telling you, if you want to see life, you actually need to do two things. Firstly, you have to learn to hear the voice. Maybe you need to do brave live course. Hear the voice of God. You've got some great people in this church who know how to hear the voice from God. Maybe you need to do brave live course. Maybe you need to do something around somebody to help them teach you how to read the word and hear God's voice. Because once you can hear God's voice, you can do the second thing, which is to learn to obey his voice and trust his voice even over your own. And I'm telling you, if you start to do what God says, even if it's contrary to what you want, you will quickly see God move on your behalf. Can I get the band just to come back up or at least the keys? You know, I think deep down, a lot of people think God's a bit daft, right? They're like, well, you know what? God's God. He can do what he wants. But if I was God, I would have done it differently. You ever thought that? Is it just me? I don't know, right? Maybe I'm just a bad Christian, whatever. But I just think sometimes I'm like, God, I brought that friend to church and like, like he just didn't respond. Like, why didn't you move? Oh God, I brought him to church and I was hoping for something to happen. And you know what, that relationship, maybe for you it's a job situation and you were praying desperately for a job and you were just like, God, give me the job. And he didn't give it to you. And you're harboring bitterness and resentment towards God because you think he didn't act in your best interest. But let me tell you something. You and I are susceptible to deception, but God is not. He knows more than you and I can understand. And you know what maybe you didn't realize is that you dodged a silver bullet. That that job that you wanted so desperately that was going to put more money in your bank account was also going to add a level of stress that was going to fracture your marriage. And your kids were going to be impacted and God didn't want to see your life go down the toilet for a few extra grand. So he protected you from something that you thought was going to be good for you. I'm telling you, that relationship and you're like, God, come on, why didn't you give it to me? Why didn't you open up that door? God, what happened there? And you're so bitter and disappointed and God is like, you dodged a silver bullet like me. If I'd gone down that path, not only would I, would I not be with Milani, but I wouldn't be living the life that I'm living right now. Do you know, so often God takes us places where we don't think that we want God. We, we don't think that we want to go. But only in hindsight do we see that God has our best interests at heart because He loves us. He has a plan and purpose for our life. And no matter where you are right now, He has a way forward. And I want to pray tonight. You know, I was thinking about people in this room. And when, when you hear the good news of Jesus... Something in your heart, something in your spirit just agrees with it. And I just reckon there's people in the room and either you've lived a religious life, so you've been in church, but you've always thought God was against you. You've always felt condemned. Or you've never even been in an environment like this and you were starting to realize, well, these guys believe. (laughs) They believe what they're talking about. They are passionate. They're on fire. And you can sense that God's here and he wants to meet with you. Do you know the truth is this? God loves you. He created you to be in relationship with Him. And He has a plan and a purpose for your life. Now the enemy, to spite God, is trying to destroy your life. 
trying to keep you away from God, trying to separate you from Him. But God, you know, the scripture we just said, we all die and we can't recover our lives, but that's not what God desires. He devises ways that the banished person may be brought back to Him. I tell you what, if you feel banished from God, God has made a way. His name is Jesus. Jesus, who is God, came. The Bible says that He who knew no sin, He who knew no sin became sin so that you and I might become the righteousness of God. And any who call on His name shall be saved. And there's people in this room right now and you've been carrying the weight of guilt and shame like Adam and Eve. You've been carrying the weight of your mistakes and your sin and it is breaking you. It is ruining your relationships and it is binding you up from the things that you know is upon, are upon your life. And all you need to do, listen to me, all you need to do is turn to Jesus. You open up your heart. If you just like give Him a chance and you just hand yourself over to Him, He's not there to, to punish you. He's not there to condemn you. He's there to set you free. And He says, hey, 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 now from here, I don't want you to just do life for me. I want to do life. I want you to do life with me. Here, eat from the tree of life. You never, you will never die. You will walk with me forever. And I want to pray for anyone who is distant from God, anyone who is separate from God, because I believe tonight you can be made right with God, as close as God as any, as close to God as anyone can be. If I can just ask people to close their eyes, you know, this moment is a private moment between you and God. This is a moment where I would love you to focus, which is why I asked you to close your eyes. Just so you're not distracted and you're not... People have a moment's privacy, you know. But right now, if you're in this room and you're distant from God, I want to pray for you. All you need to do right now is acknowledge God in your heart and I'm going to lead you in a simple prayer. And if you would say, God, I need you. Jesus, I accept you. I'm ready to run into your arms and I want to pray for you. So right now across this room, if your heart is being stirred, you feel God speaking to you and you feel Him drawing you, then on the count of three, I want you to lift your hands. If that's you, one, two, three, lift your hands right now. Hands everywhere. I can't even count them. There's so many. There's hands going up. People that are saying, I'm distant, but I want to come close. God, if you have made a way, then I want to be a part of it. If that's you, come on, keep lifting up your hands while people's hands are still going up. I'll keep making the call. There are so many people tonight saying yes to Jesus. You know, I'm telling you, God is good. He loves you. And right now, what I'm going to do is, you can put your hands down, but if you put your hand up, I want you to pray a prayer after me. I don't want to assume that you've ever prayed before. Because the truth is, it's very possible that you've walked in here and you've never done anything religious. You've never been to a church before. I'm going to help you. But if you would pray this prayer from your heart to God, He will hear it and you'll be saved. The old has gone, 2 Corinthians 5 says, and the new has come. You are a new creation, born again in Jesus Christ. So with every eye closed, every single person is going to pray this so you're not alone. But if you raise your hand from your heart to God right now, repeat these words. Dear Jesus, come on, every single person in a loud voice. Dear Jesus, I know that you love me and you made a way for me to be with you. You took away my sins when you died on the cross and I receive your forgiveness right now. I thank you that you rose again, that I may be victorious and live with you forever. From this day forward, walk with me, talk to me, and live in me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Can we give it up for all those people? Wow, so many people. Come on, stand to our feet. Come on, come on, give it up for those legends. So good. I'm just about to hand over 
But before I do, I really feel that there's some people in this room and your heart, as I was speaking, talking about reaching from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and eating from the tree of life, your heart has been stirred. And you are just like, man, I have just been consuming from this thing. And you know, as well as I do, it's insatiable. You can never get enough. You want to refresh that feed again. You want to go back to it. You want to check if there's more news. You want to see if there's any more posts. It's easy to go back to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, but God is saying, make room. Make room, because if you make room, here's the deal. If you make room, God will speak to you. And when God speaks, He will lead you where you cannot lead yourself. And He will take you places that you wouldn't even think of going because you're under a deception when you try and do it by yourself. But God who sees more is going to give you keys. I'm telling you, there's some parents in this room and your kids are away from God and you are trying everything. I had this word this morning as well. You're trying, you're talking to people, getting advice of what they did with their kids and you're reading books thinking the more knowledge, more advice is actually going to bring breakthrough. I'm telling you what's going to bring breakthrough is a key that God's going to give you in a quiet place. While you're worshipping at home, God's going to start to speak to you. And He's going to say to you, ask this question, do this, do that. And you're going to find a key to unlock that challenge that you've never known before. That business challenge that you're facing, the financial challenge, the relationship issue. The answers are found in the presence of God. The answers are found when you fall at His feet and He speaks to you. But we need to make room. We need to put aside the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We need to turn the phone off. We need to start our days in the Word, not in the news. We need to start our days in the presence of God and let Him recalibrate us and lean in. So if tonight that spoke to you right now, lift your hands wherever you are. I want to pray for you. God, we just thank you so much that you are about liberty. You're about setting us free. And God, you hate to see your children bound up. God, you hate to see us, God, looking in the wrong places. And so tonight you sent a man from Australia to let us know, God, you gave me a revelation, God, that our hope is found in you, that our presence needs to be with you, God, that you are the one who has answers for us. So I pray, I pray that you would speak to your people as they make room for you, as they take a faith step that your grace would flow. I pray, God, for answers and breakthrough. Jesus, that you would set people free as they spend time in your presence, God, even this week. Speak to your people and lead us, God, where we cannot lead ourselves. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us for today's message from Brave Church. For more information or to get in touch with us, visit us at bravemiami.com.